blessed morning <clears throat> to all of you as we get into the Word of God together. Got my uh, got my coffee here, uh, ready to get into that Word. Maybe that's a good way for you to get into that right away in the morning and wake yourself up not only with a good cup of coffee, but also uh, by beginning in the Word. Uh, Leviticus chapter 18 is where we're at on this Saturday as we end up this week. We continue to uh, uh, bowl our way through the, the book of Leviticus. Uh, I hope you, you it's opened your eyes a little bit to more of the Old Testament, the power of the Old Testament, how we um, everything that's mentioned in the Old Testament is is revealed to us fully in the New, and and how you really under, can't understand the New Testament without understanding the Old first um, and what's come before. Uh, so here we come to Leviticus chapter 18, and let's just say that Leviticus chapter 18 is about the power of marriage, the blessing of the gift of marriage that God has given to us. Marriage that is monogamy, monogamy, one man, one woman, dedicated to one another forever, um, uniquely connected to one another uh, in a sexual relationship that they don't share with anybody else. Sexual intercourse just between a husband and a wife is part of the oneness that happens in marriage that God already established back at the beginning of time um, when he said in, in Genesis chapter 2, as he creates Adam and Eve, he says, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Jesus quotes that in the Gospels when he's challenged about marriage. Paul, when he talks about marriage and family, marriage and family structure, he quotes that as well. Uh, so it must be pretty important uh, for us to know. And of course, if you think about it in your lifetime, where do where do what happens when we when we get outside of that? Um, and, and, and we just kind of do whatever we want to. Well, you know what happens. You, you've seen it in your, in your lifetime as well. Uh, and the beauty of, of a marriage and faithfulness in marriage to one another, um, living in love and, and in forgiveness too, um, uh, every single day of our lives, and uh, uh, thanking God for that gift of marriage that he gave to us. So we get into chapter, chapter 18, and God starts out with a wonderful phrase, um, it's kind of like, you know, when your kids say to you, well, why should I do that? And you say, because I told you so, or because I'm your mother, or because I'm your father. And I know you hate to hear that when you're a kid, but actually it's a it's a powerful statement. It's saying, I have this relationship with you. I'm responsible for you. I'm called by God to lead you and to guide you. I love you. I've never do anything um, that, that would not be in your best interest. And hear that every time you hear the phrase, I am the Lord your God, I want you to hear that. That's God saying, I am the Lord, I'm, I'm the master over you, I'm the ruler over you, and I'm God, and I love you, and I want the best for you. Um, and therefore, that's that's really the reason all the time um, for God saying for us to follow him. Notice God, God doesn't do a whole lot of explaining. It's kind of like explaining to your, you know, your five-year-old why you're telling them to do something. You talk to you're blue in the face. At some point, you just have to say, maybe you're best to say, because I said so. Um, and and we uh, come to see that in relationship with God. Um, I know, want you to notice, too, that because God loves us, he gives us commands. Verse 3 is a command, you shall not, a number of you shall not. Verse 4, um, so that's what you shouldn't do. Um, and verse 4 is, you shall. Um, and, and all commands are like that. Uh, when we sin against God, we either, sometimes there's sins of commission, we commit something wrong, we do something wrong, and other times there's sins of omission, we omit to do what's right. Well, that's kind of tied into this as well. 
We do the wrong. We know what we're not supposed to do. We do it anyway. That's what Adam and Eve did when they ate from the tree. And uh, sometimes we refuse to do the right. We have an opportunity to do something good. We have an opportunity to uh, to be gracious, to be kind, kind of like the Good Samaritan and, and uh, in that parable of the two that walked away. So you kind of see that connection. So God brings up, and, and, he, and here's why God is bringing up all of this detail. So context is everything. You look at this and you kind of go, where in the world did God come up with all of this? Well, look at verse 3. God says, because that's what's been going on in Egypt and in Canaan, looking all around you. Now, here, here's another favorite for us, too. You know, we say, well, everybody else is doing it, and God's saying, you're right, everybody else is doing it, so you don't do it. Um, he's giving us that command. Why? And then hear this phrase in verse 5, you shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules, because if a person does them, he shall live by them. In other words, take it this way. This is the way to true life. You lead the other way, and it's going to lead to death. Death of marriages, death of family, death of relationships, death of societies, and things like that. Um, God, What does God want for us? From the very beginning, for crying out loud, he made us to be alive. He wants us to have life. Death was not a part of what God uh, originally gave to us. Um, death came about because of our rebellion, because of our sin, and then God even did something about that by the death of his only son, uh, Jesus Christ. And again, he emphasizes a relationship in verse 5, that great I am, I am the Lord. And you hear that for all the power that it is. He is, and I was the Lord, I will be the Lord. He is, I am the Lord. He is always the I am. Emmanuel, God is with us, present tense, Jesus quotes that I am many a time. I am the good shepherd. I am the I am the the gate. You know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's that ever living God. You and I are not. I am. We we uh, we were. We are, and we will be. Uh, and some point we won't be. But God is always. I am. He's always the same. Now, notice this. This is kind of interesting. A whole section of number six about uncovering the nakedness of, um, which is a euphemism for having intercourse with. Um, but also think of it this way. When God created Adam and Eve, look at the end of chapter two of, of Genesis. They were naked and they felt no shame. Guess when they felt shame? Genesis chapter three, when they fell into sin, they're covering themselves. Now suddenly this beautiful gift of the sexual relationship between one man and one woman of marriage which is so gorgeous and beautiful and, and right and, and natural for Adam and Eve before the fall that they were naked and, and it wasn't an issue. Um, afterwards is when it becomes an issue after we drag sin into it. And then he lists all the various sins that come there, uh, depravity. And he lists not only uh, between a man and a woman, so he talks about adultery, um, sacrificial idolatry when they would offer their babies up to their to to God, uh, which is what the false uh, people, the false gods did. Homosexuality is, is addressed there, as well as sex with animals too. Um, God um, um, God always wanted monogamy within relationships. Um, even though many in the Old Testament practiced polygamy, never sanctioned by God, it always brought trouble. God established marriage, and he didn't change, change it at all. Uh, verse 24 says, he says, Do not make yourselves in unclean by any of these things, for by all these the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean. In fact, God implies as much as saying, because they've fallen into these sins, look at where it's led them. It's only dragged them down and, and left them um, uh, uh, left them defeated. 
Um, and why in the world would God want that for us? He would want to show us the way where we could truly be blessed and have the greatest blessing possible. And then he ends the chapter with that wonderful, beautiful connection to us, his, his ownership of us, his, his care for us. I am the Lord your God. So God bless you, Zerik. Tomorrow's the Lord's Day. Let's get in church. Uh, let's be there among God's people. God wants to give us his gifts again. You need the fellowship of being there with one another. If that's not possible for you, I pray. I pray that you're able to log on live stream, be able to be there in that way. Uh, thank God for that technology um, and uh, God's blessings as you have your Sabbath rest.